All right, hey everybody, Vinny Fisher here, back with another episode of Total CEO. Um, guys, have you thought about this idea that you are continually building out your skill set? You're recognized out there, you've made some significance, but you don't really seem to be leveraging the monetization or the ultimate value out of either your, your expertise or the things you do for people. And it seems like it's this continuing wheel that if you don't put more time in, you don't get more out of it. Well, I'll tell you, if that's how you think, and I think a lot like that, we all get stuck in that trap, you're going to love our guest today. I'd like to uh, first thank Peter Winnick for being on the show. Peter, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. That's great. Hey, so Peter, I want to talk to you about that wonderful little intro I gave you, this idea that we have, you know, authors, speakers, you know, CEOs of good businesses, consultancies, which is half of our company, where we're out there doing this awesome stuff, right? We're writing books like crazy. We're doing all these things. We're really amazing. But my margin or my revenue monetization on all this awesome stuff is like this thing. I always joke and say to my clients that like my sister, a few people and my wife know me. And then the seven people I work with love me. But how do I, one, drive deeper the revenue in that community I'm in and then continue to ever expand on that community. And so I just think our audience, our community is going to love hearing from you today. And so could you give a good 30-second soundbite uh, about Peter and who you are? Yeah, so let me just first respond to what you said. If you can fit your entire tribe in a minivan, you're not going to go too far, right? So <laughs> that's, that's typically a problem. Um, you know, uh, so I am the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Leverage. We're a special, specialty boutique consulting firm. Yep. We work exclusively with authors, speakers, and thought leaders that have content that has a business application that they're looking to scale and grow. And oftentimes the common denominator across our client base is getting folks to move from a practice where you get paid as the individual, as the thought leader, as the creator, um, to both create and deliver the content, which is incredibly limiting, yeah. versus you have a business where you are monetizing that IP in a wide variety of ways. And a, and a practice isn't a bad thing. I mean. Attorneys and prostitutes are basically running practices, right? So it's a business model that you just works. You equated me, my lawyer, to a prostitute. By the way, I've heard that before. But thank yeah. you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. No offense to the prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, once again, if someone brings in a wonderful lawyer joke into my life. So thank you for you that. Go. All right. So that's awesome. So if I wanted to uh, troll and look at your stuff while we're communicating and listening to you and watching you, where would sure. I go? ThoughtLeadershipLeverage.com. ThoughtLeadershipLeverage.com. And if I wanted to get in touch with you, is the best way to just go to the contact section? Is, do you have a process where we get to Peter or how does that work? So the easiest thing, you can either go to the contact section or shoot an email to me directly, which is Peter at ThoughtLeadershipLeverage.com. And that's awesome. my okay. email address. But if they just wanted to do the passive aggressive style, go to your site, hit the contact <laughs> button, it'll find its way to you, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, awesome. Yeah. That's great. So... What is, when you look at this business model, because, you know, thankfully there are, with the advent of Amazon and the ability to get your content out there, like we are no longer stuck with this publishing model that kept gatekeeper access to significance. So like, like I said, I'm on my third book, right? This is launching now and, you know, we're helping people and, you know, I've got more than seven people that know me. Um, yeah. What's the hardest part? Um, how do you help, first off, 
a lot of people who are, who are authors, speakers, and thought leaders tend to be higher, uh, have a personality set or a certain way they are. How do you get them to first recognize to raise their hand that they're missing out on a lot of the monetization of their business? Like, how does that part start? Yeah, so you have to separate the ego side of it from yeah. the business side of it. So, you know, a lot of my clients are professional speakers. So imagine the typical day in the life of a professional speaker. You fly first class to Scottsdale, not in July, maybe it's February, right? Hopefully. Um, you're, right. You're, you're treated like royalty. Yep. Your working day is somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes. Yep. And it ends in a standing ovation. Like, oh, okay. Eventually that's probably going to get to your head, right? Like there are a lot of accountants yeah. out there who work and consultants producing great decks. They don't end in, in standing ovation. So there's the ego piece of this, which is, you know, some of that's healthy. Some of that is part of the brand that people are buying. But then there's the business side that says, yo, if you're, all, you know, if you're in Scottsdale today and you're speaking and you made a lot of money speaking, that's fantastic. But there's lots of other things that can be happening simultaneous to that that can generate more cash, more money for you. Let's talk about the business because it's, it's not that you, very few people actually make a living as an author, meaning only yeah. the money that comes in from a book. You'd be well, is, is right? that like literally less than a percentage point, right? It's like Probably ridiculous, less. right? Yeah, I mean, the, the statistics are incredibly depressing. It's, it's a good news, bad news thing. So because the gatekeepers aren't controlling the gates, the random houses and the Wileys and all that, everybody and their mother's an author, right? right. So, yep. so what that means is uh, the competition has gone up. There's a lot, a lot of noise yep. and not a lot of signals. So what the random houses of the world used to do theoretically was filter things out and sort of decrapify, right? Yeah. Stop. So at least when you got a, a, a book in your hand, there was a certain standard. There probably weren't typos. It was probably vetted against eight others in that category. Right, the editorial process helped us in, yeah. in, in, in readership quality, right? Yeah. So, so here's the math. The average business books, I don't know anything other than business books or cookbooks, health books, whatever that might be different. Yeah, let's stay, with our, let's stay in our sweet spot. Yeah. That's where I am too. Sells over the course of its life. And a book has a pretty long shelf life, right? You know, under 2,000 copies. So, want, 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 pretty depressing, right? So, I, I did an event uh, uh, last year at a business book award event that was wrapped around the, uh, 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 what do you call it, the Publishers Expo. Yeah. And I had a room of 50 people that just won bronze, silver, or gold for business books. So, these are not stupid people, smart people, high quality books. Yeah, right, right, right. And, won. and I said to them, well, if you think about the six months before the book came out and the, you know, a couple months after that, that, let's call it a year, pre and post, what percentage of your time did you invest in? the creating, the marketing, the deploying of that book. And the number was something like 70, 75%. Mm. I kind of figured that's what it would be. And then I said, okay, great. So what percent of your income came directly from book sales? And it was like five, 5%. So I said, so that means, you know, could I pay you 5% of your income and get 75% of your time? Why would you take that deal? And they sort of looked at me like, okay, this is really not going to be fun. And, and the reason I was sort of blunt about that is you're not going to make the money directly on book sales unless, you know, you ran for vice president or, or you know. Yeah, you know, something to prime the pump that got the book moving, right? And that, the odds are very stacked against you that that happens. Yeah, so the book is the entry point. The book is the $20 movie ticket to come into your world. And then the question is, what is the journey that you want a specific population to take once they go, Wow. I'll tell you, I agree with you, Peter, in the sense that I actually don't even think of it like the movie tickets. Since you and I are in the business world, you know, this book, I'm thankful, CEO's Mindset's moved, you know, I think I've got 10,000 copies out the door. Yep. It's a business card. Yeah. It maybe even make, from our sense, it's like, it's all, you know, it's, I, I can get into a long rambling story about that, but this is the entry point is your point. 
Yeah, right? no, but, the, but there's the business card, which is one value because yep. if I'm if I'm someone looking to buy your services, yep. I'm talking to three people similar to you. Yep, that's the tiebreaker. Like, oh, he wrote a book. He must be smarter than the other guy, right? Right. right. You yeah. know, or at least I have something that I can pass to someone yeah, or, else. And I can also see what he stands for. There's some credibility. You know, if I just want to read the front and back cover, which is what everyone only does. No one reads anymore, Peter. And so right. then no then. Problem. Oh gosh, no one reads, man. I joke. I have a business group, and I give them my books as part of being the part of the group. And I always ask who read it, and it's like one guy raises his yeah. hand that he made well, it to but, the but end. But the, but the the other side where people fail to be strategic and thoughtful is when I write this book. If you're just selling straight up consulting services, it's just a business card, right? Yep, so yep. I'm smarter than the next guy. I got the yeah, book, yeah. whatever. Yep. But where you get really thoughtful is to say if people dig this book. What else do we want them to do? Oh, we, we have uh, assessment tools. We have video-enabled learning systems. We could license content. We have co whatever the thing. And the, that path needs to be really clear to them because I'm a busy guy. I'm not going to stay up late at night, even if I loved your book, trying to figure out how to put my money in your pocket. That's your job. Amen there, man. I, that's like requires almost you to repeat that. Like the consumer is not going to be begging to give you money. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a field of dreams mentality that I see a lot where I'll talk to really smart people that, you know, their book's coming out in a month, which is not the time to be thinking about that. It's way before. So, so what's, what's the plan? Well, you know, a PR person is going to do this and magic and fairy tales and, you know, angels are going to come. And then what's going to happen? You know, people are just going to mail you money like a telephone. Like, okay, be really clear with me. What, what do you expect people to do when they, when they get that book? What is the pain point you're hitting? What's the oh crap moment that they've got? To, oh my God, I got to email this guy right now. This, my place is on fire and he's got water. Let's go. And, and then once you talk to them, is it blah, 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 or is it like, okay, this is exactly how we start with an organization like yours. First we do this and then we do this. And All right, cool. So let's talk a little bit about that, but I want to help people for a second. So this isn't just for someone, the knee jerk reaction is like, I blew this book because I didn't do a launch strategy that can start with a good book. Even after you've brought it to the marketplace, like, right. I've seen, yeah. So, like, oh, do I have to rewrite a new book? Yeah, so that, that's a great point. So a lot of people, the book industrial complex, if you yeah. will, the old school New York publishers and the PR people, whatever, they treat books like, you know, like a fish, where if it doesn't do something in three days, it's going to smell bad. <laughs> Most books, unless you're writing about this year's World Series or something silly like that, have a shelf life of at least three to five to seven years. Right. right? So the question becomes... It, to your point, if I did a book two years ago, four years ago, whatever, and I didn't get the returns that I wanted on, or I'm just learning about this now, what do I do? Well, what you do is the opposite of what most PR firms tell you to do is you go backwards and you say, wait a minute, who are the markets I want to serve with a super duper high level of specificity? Who are the hundred people that if I got this book in their hands, it could change my business life and get the damn book in their hands. It's not that hard to do. And so what are some of the things like, and I think that's, yeah, that's great. Cause I think there's so many people who think, oh, I screwed up my launch. I ruined my book. Let's go make version 2.0 of the book. And it's like, you know, I kind of believe a book like is earned. You just don't write it. Like it's earned through a, like the good books are earned, right? You just don't write one. You, you're good yeah. at something and they come out of you. Right. And so after all that time, if you blew being a good marketer or promoter, it doesn't suddenly make the book suck. It just means no. you're not a good promoter. We got to get someone like Peter in our life who, who helps us monetize the book. So what's one of the first things you do when you've got someone who's got a quality product? Like how do you, what are the, some of the first things right out of the gate you help them recognize monetize value in an ecosystem to, to kind of start 
it's yeah. So so quality is a vague term. I I think what people don't do enough of early on is is really let me let me back up a little bit. You're a smart business guy. I'm a semi smart business guy, right? If we decided well, it could be reverse, Peter. Let's go. Yeah, depending on the business. Play with me here, right? right? So if one of us decided today we were going to open a pizza shop in our local town, yep. some standard things we would do. How does the pizza industry work? What does my location matter? What are the standard margins? How would I differentiate? What's my pricing going to be? Insure, like all these sort of things. How would I market this, right? Is there a need for a new pizza shop in my town? We would do just basic business common sense. Yep. And then we would make, you know, I'm going to specialize in gluten-free pizza, near the university and I'm going to price it real low and be high volume and open late. Okay. That's cool. Got it. Makes sense. What happens in this space in the content business, most people don't make a predetermined decision to say, I am going to be in the content business and this is what I'm going to do. It's, it's, they're doing something and then they get pulled and they write a book and then somebody wants them to speak and then it happens. So going back to your question around the book, the first thing that you need to do is figure out who will pay the most for what you have to offer. Mm. Right? So content is general typically. So, if, if, if you think broadly, most of the What if they don't know that? What if they are really well, then don't do it? Then you, then you shouldn't, then don't what do it. What if they already did it? Well, then, then do it forensically. So let's say you wrote a decent book on leadership, management, sales, negotiate, whatever. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and pick on the less quality. Let's pick on me, right? Like, I wrote a book. It's a good book. It, it got some- well, First, we have to teach you how to do product placement because I've only seen the book seven times in eight minutes. That's fantastic. Why don't you have a t-shirt? So no, hold up but, the book. So let's no, do it. I, just hold sitting it on my desk and saying, you know, know. this is what you do. Hey, I don't care. I mean, the reality is you're awesome at this. I can see it already. It's like, but I see so many people in our life who have written something now. It used to be before that people are like, oh, I need to write a book. Now I'm like, yeah. No, let's do the book real time. Oh, let, let me see the cover again. Because I, I, so the CEO mindset, how to break through to the next level. Okay. Yep. CEOs to the CEOs. Cool. Okay. So let's, let's go back. So the people that I'm assuming that book has the most value to are CEOs. Too broad, right? So Too broad. Yeah. So CEOs of high growth is it people that are in EO, IPO, yep. it, so who are they? For us, it's actually, in this case, they're you know, digitally based businesses, right? Because our okay. expertise was direct response and digitally based businesses. So these are people on Infusionsoft and internet marketers and blah, 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 right? Yeah. Or e-commerce companies that, you know, okay. um, yep. Yep. So let's get a list of a hundred of those people that could be clients of yours, right? Yep. And for the cost of mailing a hundred books, which is what? Eight dollars a stupid, whatever. Um, Two let, bucks. If you go whatever, to internet, yeah. it's cheap. Let, let's get, let's be thoughtful and let's be smart and write a customized letter to each of 50 or a hundred people. You know, dear Peter, I took, and I did some homework and looked at your site, your business or whatever. Here's who I am. Here's who, what I, what I do. And I wrote this book specifically for people like you. Here's what my clients say about me. They're great. They're wonderful. They're this. Love to talk to you for 20 minutes to see how we could, uh, uh, you know, what I could do to serve you better. And human nature being what it is, if you give me a gift, unless I'm a jerk, so that book winds up on my desk, yeah. if I throw it in the trash, and then you send me an email or call me and be like, oh, man, the guy gave me a gift. I got to spend 10 minutes with him, right? Yeah, the law of reciprocity says I almost have to call him back, right? Yeah, yeah. And particularly if it's not spammy, if you just spend five minutes going, okay, what are three or four bullets I can throw in this email or this letter? That's, that because by sticking it in an envelope, since I went out of my way to get the book, sticking it in the $2 packaged envelope is certainly a far better move than just drop a, a LinkedIn email to somebody, right? Yeah. I mean, we get that. Like, how many of those do you get a day versus how many books do you get a month? Right. right? Like, none. Right? Well, yeah. One. Right? Yeah. It's, it, you're right. It is that kind of ratio. 
So it's targeted campaigns. So oh. you also might say like right now it's digital companies, et cetera. You might decide in six months from now that it's those type of companies that are based in South America. Who knows? Right. Yeah, right. 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 So you, you can say, be geographic about it too. Gotcha. Right. I'm the big American rock star. I want to expand my practice into Brazil and I track you and about a dozen other people that I'm really interested in working with. What is the client most afraid of? Because the, the map, the plan makes a lot of sense. Which is the, what's the hardest resistance point you have to fight through right early on with the client after they start getting what you're saying to them? I think there's two things. One is execution, mm. right? Because a lot of them are- Who's going to do it? Yeah, creative ADD. If you can't figure out how to get 100 books out and, and do that, you, you probably shouldn't be in business, quite frankly, right? So who's going to do it? Or well, I is think it people have lost their mind about the hard grind of the first 250 customers. It's yeah, all right. the old, pick up the phone, stick something in the mail. Yeah, the first right. 250 customers should come from the grind of hard work. Efficiency, growth, and scale is the privilege of getting the first part done, right? Exactly. And then, then you get some flywheel benefits. So, that, so that's the first piece. Yep. Uh, is, is, get your book out there a little bit. Is who's going to get it done. And then the second piece, which is really interesting, yep. is a lot of my clients are, you know, all of my clients are incredibly smart, best in class of what they do. Awesome. But a lot of them do this sort of sales and marketing thing. They get the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, like, all my doctor clients back in my law practice. What do you mean? I have to actually market myself? Yeah, right. Like lawyers are a great example. No, I'm the smartest yeah. guy in the room and, you know, marketing's for Thank like, you, for you know, whatever. Uh, well, so, I didn't so it's this idea of they're, lo they're lowering their professionalism because now they have to self-promote. It's either, it's a little bit of lowering the professionalism or more often, it is an, a total unknown. So, for example, I deal with a lot of clients that are what I call elite academics. So, yep. there are places like Wharton, Yale, London School of Business. Right. You know, these, are not, these are not market, even those that are academics in the marketing space don't market themselves. So, it's just like, ah, you know, it's, 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 it's not. I don't know what to do. So, yeah. they're better off acting like, I know what I, I'm not doing any of it because I don't even have an idea how to do it right. Well, and because they're brilliant. Yep. You know, and they're adults and they're mature yep. um, and they've gotten to be incredibly successful without developing those skills and capabilities. You know, they didn't exactly want to start learning how to do that now. So it doesn't mean they have to do it all, but it needs to be done. Right. And so which one tends to be the harder one, the execution of doing it or the fear of not understanding how to promote? The execution is actually quite simple. I mean, yeah. that's just project management. Yep. I think it's either the, the yeah, the fear or this mindset that moves into, well, I don't, you know, so far all the success in my life has come from me being this. Without you know, doing I any of book And people call me and they invite me and they pay me a lot of money. And now I have to go begging. Well, sales is not begging. You know? So you have to go deal with the field of dreams and consultative yeah. versus sales type stuff. And that's, exactly. that's the demon you're fighting. Yeah. About. yeah. That makes sense, man. So how long, how long is that journey usually? Is it a couple weeks? Is it a couple meetings? How do you get out? Where do you find, where do you see yourself breaking through some of that? And do you have to go to other team members sometimes to get back at them? Yeah. So I think um, at the intellectual level, people get it really quick. So they'll say, makes total sense. I get yep. it. Yep. So then it's like, okay, what are we going to do about it? Right. So oftentimes the best answer is they don't do anything about it. They outsource that. They either bring a resource on internally that's tasked with doing that or we'll work with them to do it or whatever. Because So are you guys a complete shop? You'll not only give the advice and the roadmap, but you actually can be the executor if need be? Yeah. yeah. We go from what I call the back of the envelope. I mean, everybody, you know, I see your whiteboard there. Everybody loves to whiteboard, right? And we all get high on the markers and think everything that we whiteboard is the most brilliant. It doesn't mean what 
fill in your whatever. It doesn't mean anything until you're signing your name on the back of a check. Hey, buddy, right? listen. So I'll tell you, power has two parts to the equation. I can tell you now you're going to be buds. <laughs> Knowledge and execution. And if yeah. one of them are missing, you have no power. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's exactly right. That, that the ability to take an idea all the way through to execution. So what I say is, depending on who the person is, listen, your time may be best used creating the great stuff, doing the research, continuing to do yeah. what you've got there. And let's, let's look at you now holistically and organizationally and say, what are the muscles that need to be developed, right? So, you, you know, you go to the gym and one day you do abs and one day you do, you know, your chest and one day you do your legs. It's like, okay, your legs are pretty weak. Like we organizationally, what are we going to do about that? And it could be, I will develop those or I will develop those in my organization, which is probably the better way to do it. Because most people don't wake up one day at 50 and decide, now I'd like to be an excellent salesperson or marketer. Yeah. For the most part. Well, I mean, you're right. There's been some unicorns out there, but for the most part, they're either in that or not. And so, well, how does it work with you, Peter? So, well, can someone have uh, the ability to you know, come in, have you help design strategy, the roadmap, and bring a team member along to be trained, and or also have you guys do it with someone along the way, understanding that they're going to retire you from that process, all the way to you just keep doing everything? Talk to me about where you are. Yeah, so there's, let me answer that in two ways. So there's yep. four things that we do at the end of the day. Number one, and this is critical, is, is we build strategies and develop strategies. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm already doing social media. I'm like, okay, that's a yeah. tactic. What I already have a mission and a goal. I already got that. Right. I got strategy down. There's <laughs> developing a very clear strategy. Uh, then it's developing the brand and the platform to support that strategy. Because oftentimes the person's brand is their name and I can do 38 things. And it's like, Again, I'm busy. I don't have time to decoder ring. I need to know you're the X guy. What's yeah, the right. one thing that you do better than anybody else? And yeah, if there's 38 other things that you do, that's cool. But, you know, I'm going in the spice drawer for pepper. I don't need one thing. Yeah, one thing. Bang. Right? So you got to build the brand and the platform. Then you have to build products, offerings, and solutions that are derived from that intellectual property. And then you have to build business. That's, that's what we do. We take it all the way through. Um, not all of our clients go all the way through with us. Some will just do the strategy. They'll do the implementation. Some will do the strategy and the branding and the product development, and they'll do the. And what I've learned, and not only in our businesses, but you know, you leading with, hey, we'll come in and just provide you the strategy and help you diagnose and allow you to run with it is less threatening because now I don't feel like I'm into you forever, right? And that probably yeah, allows you to then have other stuff and credibility, become the trusted advisor, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So our first engagement with a client is is a relatively short six week engagement around either strategy or enterprise readiness, because to your point, you know, showing up on the first day with the moving truck, a little intrusive. So it's just, it's really clearly defined. Here's what you're going to get. Can at. you imagine if I went to go try to marry my wife on the first date? <laughs> like, I mean, really? Right, like, right. Yeah. But a lot of consultants do that because we get so excited. Consultancies do that because we're so excited and we see all the things that we can do for the client. But you're it's right. like, Dude, I just met you. Like, put some points on the board and let's, you know, we also have to build a relationship because there, there have been folks that we've worked with uh, on the strategic side where, you know, I just wake up and go, you know what? I don't want to work with, like, I don't want that to be a long-term client. That person's a pain in the whatever. Like, I, Yeah, I and so you, you get the privilege over those six weeks to kind of figure some of that out as well. Yeah, and they're probably doing the same thing. The trusted advisor thing comes over maturation of the relationship, not of because I told you how awesome I am. Right? So not to I have to take advantage of that opportunity. So trusted advisor was written by a guy named Charlie Green, who's been a client. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, Charlie's great. Yep. yep. But I mean, he didn't own that term. It came from the Bible, right? Being someone's trusted advisor is, has been around forever. It's a, it's a coveted position to be in. He just decided to write a book. But the point is, every industry has somebody's trusted advisor. Yeah. And for you to be that in the, the ecosystem of thought leadership from a standpoint of helping authors and speakers, or you pick it, that six weeks plan helps you get there. Yeah, and there's a sensitivity to, you know, if I'm dealing with someone that's written five books and been doing whatever for 25 years, that's their baby, right? So when, when you start getting in there, it's pretty intimate to say, geez, your kid has some really big ears. That's a problem, you know, <laughs> like, or your, your idea that you thought was so brilliant. Um, here's three new books that have been out on that that really took that to a different place and it's a little dated, you know, and somebody needs to give them the honest truth to say, yeah. wow, that is awesome if, or it's not as awesome as you think, or the reason you only sold 400 copies of your book is because it sucks. Right? <laughs> Somebody's, you know, um, so, you know, we're not, we're, we can't be helpful to our clients if we can't be honest. Yeah. I, man, I, it's a waste of time not to yeah. be honest to our people. That's awesome. What do you find? Um, what's the biggest struggle you're having in your business? Biggest struggle in our business. Um, you know, we're going through yet another growth spurt, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's making sure that, uh, uh, we're deli- you know, delivering with integrity, serving our clients in the best way that we can, not falling into the trap of, uh, you know, bringing them in and then, you know, somebody five levels below serving them at a, at a level that's different than what they expect. So you're working through service dilution a little bit, right? That kind of idea. As, I mean, I'm talking about as you grow, right? It's natural. I mean, I'm not being offensive. It's the reality of yeah. everybody's company that grows. So I, yeah, I, I think it's about, um, you know, I tend to be aggressive. Uh, you know, I love what I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd work 24 hours a day cause it's fun, you know, whatever, but it's, it's, it's making sure that operationally we're handling it, that we're cultivating the people on the team and growing them. And it's not, you know, this isn't the type of work where you just hire somebody to, you know, turn lug nuts. You know? <laughs> uh, it takes a while to develop people. So as the CEO, you're the CEO, you founded yeah. this idea. Great idea, by the way. I'm yeah. sure. Thanks. I mean, there's such a high need here that I'm sure you're not having a hard time with good quality clients. Um, what's the hardest day? What's the hardest part of the day for you as the CEO of the business? The hardest part of the day. Uh, I don't mean like every day. I mean the hardest part in that what you're doing in the toil of the thing you set out to make this amazing thing. Where are you finding the hardest challenge right now? Um, it's making sure, and I don't even know it's hard, but it's, it's making sure that we're always in tuned with what's going on uh, from a, what are the best practices from a marketing perspective that are not dilutive to the brand? Because we're dealing with very, very high level people. And, and, yep. you know, we're very disciplined to say no when, when folks come to us and say, Oh, you know, do this as a $99 online, whatever. I'm like not doing it. And I'm dealing with CEOs of fortune 500. It's like playing the long game and not being short term opportunistic because we're not going anywhere. If, if our objective was to make only as much money as we can in the next six months, you know, maybe there's things we would do differently, but we're, you know, this is the long game for us. Yeah, totally get it. All right. So we're talking to Peter Winnick, who is the CEO and founder of thoughtleadershipleverage.com. And if you love what you're hearing, by the way, this has been awesome, Peter. 
if you do love this like much as I have, I do this show because it helps me more than anybody else. And we just hope someone out there got one-tenth of the value that I'm getting, and I'm confident they will. Well, if you are, you just go to thoughtleadershipleverage.com, and there's a system in there that you can find good old Peter and his people. And so that's great. But what can our community help you with? What do you want the most right now? What do I want the most right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to, you know, our, our business grows from A, referrals, and then B, social, right? So people find out about us. So we're looking to always deal with high quality clients that we can have an impact and make a, a material difference on their business. So because you work with such like people who are wanting notoriety, <laughs> I always love that word, right? They want the, uh, uh, awareness of them to continue to grow and feed their system. How are some people uh, hesitant to be like, Oh, I had to go use Peter to make me awesome. And they don't want to like shine the fact of being a, like, do you know, do you know, do you know the question? Yeah, so, no, it's a, it's a great point because there there's uh, I think that may have used to be a problem a long time ago. And now it is, and this will sound somewhat um, self-serving self. Yeah. Conceited, whatever. But there's a little bit of bragging rights of, you know, I have more people coming to me saying, do I meet the standards of someone that should be your client because you nice. work with blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm happy to tell people when they're not. But I think people, you know, it's, it's you know, if I were to, you know, actually take my golf game seriously, I'd love to work with uh, someone that's worked with champs. We work with a lot of champs, you know. Yeah, I love uh, that. That's really cool. All right, cool. Well, we are nearing the end of a wonderful show. This has really been good, man. I, I, I don't mean to keep uploading that about that, but people struggle with putting this type of structure in place. They believe this field of dreams thing you talked about. I, yeah. I, I, I hope I can help you bang this drum more and more and more. And I'm confident this show will be a popular one that we're going to be redoing. Um, cool. Appreciate the time today, man. Thanks is for there having any me. one thing, what I love to leave our show with sometimes is, you know, so, someone's a little afraid, raise their hand, they, they're maybe still working on ego. What's the first thing you'd encourage them to do after hearing what you, what, what's out there? They're like interested, but it's not about necessarily calling you, but what's the first step you tell a, a thought leader, an author, a speaker, a, a CEO that's dynamic? What's the first thing you tell them to go do? I, I think it's to be honest with themselves, interested and say, okay, make it. Make a list. Here's the things I love about my current life. I'm recognized as being an expert. I, I speak. I'm acknowledged in my field. I'm making a nice living, you know, whatever. And then think about, you know, three years from now, what would you like to achieve? And do you think you're going to get there doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Or is, is, you know, is your life three years from now going to look exactly the same? And are you going to be satisfied with that? I have a lot of clients that are incredibly successful as speakers. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing 80 gigs a year, 100 gigs a year, but it's exhausting. So most people don't feel bad for people making, you know, $30,000 an hour, but it's actually not sustainable. It's exhausting, oh. unhealthy personally. And it's like, okay, but you get caught in this. Right. Yeah. And you got to say, okay, well, what can I do to transition from this that served me well for a long time to something else? I don't know what that is yet, but at so, least. So does it help to help them? think about is it's an add-on instead of a removal because it seems scary to me when you're like it's oh. not binary so so it's not i will no longer speak as of yeah. january one and i will only do something else that's unknown right yep. it's okay how do we transition to taking you from let's say 100 speeches a year to 30 and you're making the same or more money in a and reaching more people and, and having, having a better impact right yeah, yeah. Cool. And, and a lot of them is you know i've mastered this right but there's eight other 
uh, yeah. types of businesses in the content business I don't know anything about. Do I know anything yeah. about the tools business, about licensing? Right. There's so much you can do right now. And it's, it's, I've never met anyone that's an ace in all of them that's also creating content. So my, for me, it's awesome because I'm not that smart. I don't have to create content. I just, my expertise is in knowing the market and how to put great content into the market. Yeah, around. let them be the expert. You're just yeah. helping to put monetization into their expertise. I love exactly. that. Great. Exactly. Peter, it's been a great show, man. Thanks for coming Thanks on for today. Me, man. Hi, buddy. Oh.